Blog Talk Radio. Nowadays, there's a lot of talk about hate crimes. There's an entire body of laws against hate crimes. Everybody seems to be worried about hate. Hate appears to be the gravest problem of our time. But hate is good. Hate gives a structure to our life. Hate gives us a reason to exist, a focus, something to strive for, an identity. Hate is energy, pure energy, provided by Mother Nature herself. Hate enables us to see through lies and pretense, and helps us to concentrate on the essential. Hate is democratic. Even the rich and the powerful cannot hate more than their slaves and subjects. And soon, hate may well be all that we have left. Hate emancipates. Without hate for slavery, you cannot break your shackles. And without hate for injustice, there can be no justice. The greatest achievements of the human race have grown from hate, and from the ability to control hate. Hate separates humans from animals. Animals do not hate, but humans do. Humans can hate for decades, sometimes their entire life. We can even pass hate on to our children and keep hate alive for centuries. Hate is a sign of abstract intellect, for only humans can hate people they have never seen or met, and only humans can hate concepts and processes. How can we know what love is? if we refuse to recognize and understand hate. Love and hate are the two opposite sides of the same coin. Without hate, we are only halflings. In order to be complete, we need hate. Only fools talk endlessly about love, but forget the hate. Hate separates us from the meek and docile masses. Do not fear hate. Do not deny or reject hate. Accept hate. Embrace hate. Learn to know it and learn to use it. Hate is your most powerful weapon, a hidden source of your strength. Do not deny it from you. What the liberal elite fears most in this world is our ability to hate, because our hate will one day be the most revolutionary force on the planet. Our hate will destroy and create empires. saying anyone should be forced to be pro-white. All we're saying 
is that whether anyone likes it or not, white people have the right to be pro-white. White people have the right to a sense of racial consciousness, racial identity, and racial pride. We have the right to date, to marry white, and to raise our white children to be pro-white. We have the right to love our own people, and to raise our children to love themselves and their people. And above all else, white people have the right to unify, organize, and fight back against the rising tidal wave of anti-white hatred. Don't like it? Too fucking bad. That's your problem, not ours. The anti-white powers that be want you to believe that you don't have a right to be victorious. They want pro-whites to be defeated, broken, and conquered. But we have no intention of surrendering to their intimidation. Pro-white means supporting whites' rights to a collective sense of racial consciousness, identity, and pride. It means supporting whites' rights to pursue self-determination in our collective racial destiny. Whether anyone likes it or not, the white race has a right to be pro-white. White people don't lack in numbers. What we lack is unity. If we can figure out how to unify, organize, and fight back, show's over. We win. Historically speaking, when white people finally say enough is enough, the entire world trembles beneath our collective footsteps. But a kingdom that has once been destroyed can never come again into being, nor can the dead ever be brought back to life. Scorch your face! 
welcome to the Resolution Radio Network at ResolutionRDO.com. You are listening to the St. Thomas Show, and I am your host, Sunny Motherfucker T, you whiny ass bitches. If you want to call in on this now, it's area code 607 203 5423. That's area code 607 203 5423. You can find us on various social media at Resolution RDO and Winken, Getter, Gab, and Telegram. And on Twitter, at Resolution RDO and the number one. You can also follow us at Sunny Thomas Show on Wimkin, Getter, Gab, Twitter, and Telegram. We did try the TikTok thing, but obviously they don't like white people who fucking actually show black on white violence or anything that's pro-white. Yeah, they shit you, even when they actually upload the same videos that I had downloaded from there. So, uh, yeah, so it's clearly, obviously, a, definitely a Chinese operation going on there. Parlor's still up in the air, so I think that whole fucking thing's gone. So um, I'll just go ahead and uh, shit can that whole fucking platform altogether. All right, tonight's show is called Scorch the Cult, and uh, we actually would cover two songs with that title as well. Opening song tonight was Overkill, Scorched, from the album Scorched. And I've been a fan of Overkill for a long time, a New Jersey thrash metal. And unfortunately, they have a newer drummer uh, on this album, and I do also believe on Winds of War. And um, name is Jason Bittner, and of course, Bittner is a Jew surname. Well, you look at the video for Scorched, it's got a really great lead um, riff that comes in. And it's just like, holy shit, man, great fucking way to start an album off, especially for Overkill. But when you look at the video... You see these red lights blinking in the background. You can take a good look at them, and you see there are six-pointed stars. They're the Star of David. What a shocker. So it's like, wow. So this guy has completely tainted the fucking band with his bullshit. So that's a interesting thing there. So, however, I still enjoy their music, especially their older stuff, um, especially from the fucking 80s. I mean, <laughs> Under the Influence is a great fucking record, man. It's just got some good shit on it still and wisdom and shred and hello from the hello from the gutter hello from my little hell yeah that's some good shit so anyways um uh good stuff there from back in the day um so i wanted to cover to cover a couple different things as well as i want to feature um speech recently uh daisy Barr, um the main leaders of the aryan freedom network her they had their aryan fest at the end of october and I got a chance to uh, really dive into her speech, and I was like, wow, this is awesome. got a lot of great elements in it stuff, and it's concise and to the point, so she doesn't really deviate. So um, this chick's been in it for all her life, and she's in it to win it. And she states that completely emphatically in this speech. And so I was like, wow, really floored uh by some of her, uh, just how candid she is about the whole shittyation, and um, definitely an inspiration, that's for sure. So uh, I had uh, recorded a interview with Daisy recently. I was hoping to air it uh, a little bit while back, um, but just my schedule has been so fucking crazy lately. It's another reason why some of the shows have been lagging, and I haven't had one in a while. Because sometimes by the time I get home. Last thing I want to do is open this damn computer, and it's slow as fuck. 
So after the first year, I am getting me a new laptop. So I'm already sh- window shopping now for some deals, hopefully during the holiday season, and um, might be able to pick up a good deal. Anyway, so I wanted to cover a couple of things before I play your speech. So I guess apparently um, the Biden impeachment inquiry has been um, voted to go forward. And unfortunately, we saw Paul Ryan recently talking to Mike Johnson. And so when you got a neocon piece of shit like that little motherfucker, like a little, you know, Eddie Munster or whatever, um, basically, it can't be up to any good. So most likely, uh, he's probably told him, dude, don't keep on going forward with this. Uh, we're going to shit can you or whatever the case may be. So I, I don't think that guy's got much fucking brass fucking balls anyway but that's a whole nother issue so it doesn't surprise me that there'd be some just some little fucking uh little back scratching going on and little uh you know sucking down the desk i mean there's all sorts of shit to go on there anyway so i wanted to talk about a particular story here that really kind of just made me go okay you mother so uh, D. Snyder is really starting to show his Jewishness, and um, it's it's really starting to show out. Especially now that Twisted Sister is no longer a touring entity, um, that he's really starting to maybe starting to get senile. I mean, obviously he's got to be. I know he's at least like seventy or something. So maybe he's starting to fucking really starting to show his Jewishness. This is a guy that back in the 80s, Twisted Sister became the sick term for heavy metal. And uh, with the drag queen looks, you know, and of course, uh, all these guys came from the streets of New York. And of course, uh, technically, technically, I think J.J. French was like the only white guy in the fucking band, if I remember correctly. Because B. Snyder isn't really white, he's half Jew. Um yeah, AJ Perro, obviously Puerto Rican, Mark uh Mark Mendoza, as well as um Eddie Ojeda. So most of them I think were Puerto Ricans, if I remember correctly. Anyway, so the classic lineup was finally solidified by nineteen seventy six after several different uh versions, but JJ was the one that actually started the band. But um they really busted their ass trying to get somewhere and uh finally had an opportunity to get signed by a small independent label in the UK called Secret Records, released their debut album Under the Blade in 1982, uh, solid record in its own right. Uh, Atlantic Records had remixed it and reissued it in 1985, which sounds like dog shit. So if you can get the original version on Secret Records, and I'm, it is on CD because I actually have a physical copy myself. I also have a copy on cassette. Um, definitely want to pick that up as a nice collector's item for sure. Especially now, the drummer AJ Perro uh, died in 2014, 2015. So that they they agreed out of respect that would be the officially the end of Twisted Sister because as far as the classic lineup is concerned, and if you listen to the music, even though they have a lot of fucking shock rock and shit and like that, and D is actually a fairly good lyricist in his own right, really the true power of the music is the drummer. The music is built around the drummer in that particular case. Arguably, you can say the same about Led Zeppelin. Uh, without John Bonham, there is no Led Zeppelin. Really, 
Led Zeppelin is not Page and Plant. It's Bonham and Jones, the rhythm section. And, um, you know, it's pretty fucking obvious. I, I think Jimmy Page is a, an overrated guitarist by fucking volumes, as much as Eddie Van Halen. Um, and I think Robert Plant's never really impressed me much as a singer. Now, at the time when it came out, they were a little different. Obviously, they had a lot of folk and, and uh, you know, beginning of metal elements, stuff like that. They're part of the Unholy Trinity, which was Led Zeppelin, Deep Purple, and Black Sabbath. So, I mean, they all came out about the same time. So, it's actually pretty cool. But uh, getting off the beacon here, uh, these uh, Twisted Sister I got and signed to Atlanta Records in 1983 for the sophomore effort. You can't stop rock and roll, which is rock solid. And really, when you listen to the record, that's what Twisted Sister sounds like. It's got a heavy low end to it. Um, good, good, concise lyrics. Um, good guitar licks and shit. I mean, just good rhythms and stuff like that. But I mean, the bottom line is, really, the quintessential Twisted Sister album is "You Can't Stop Rock and Roll" as far as sound and attitude. Now, obviously, "Stay Hungry" was commercialized beyond recognition, and um, made it in more into pop metal and of course with the videos and stuff they had two huge hits i want to rock and we're not going to take it um the cool thing was in 2004 because i couldn't get the rights to the records from atlantic they got the rights to the other records but not that one they said fuck it we own the music so we're going to go ahead and just record a whole album with the original lineup and they did and it's rock solid even the b-sides that were featured as well as uh some some club songs that had never been officially put to vinyl were re-recorded in 2004 and the album was renamed Still Hungry and it featured the original artwork that they had envisioned uh, before some of the other ones said, "Wow, let's just have D sit there with a hand bone in his hand in a, cor- in a you know dirty corner or whatever. Uh, so from the program book, you see them in just their regular street attire, and above them is their alter egos as glam rockers. And uh, basically, that's the, what they're aspiring to be. So it's actually pretty cool stuff. It's, it's a good, solid record. And they put out uh, Twisted Christmas uh, a few years later. It actually sold fairly well. They got some interesting renditions of Christmas songs. And then um, they had uh, toured and headlined the Wacken Festival in 2013. No, I'm sorry, 2011, I think it was. Anyways, so, um, and they put out a, a, a live DVD and CD for that, and uh, not too long after that, AJ was with his other band on the time off and died on a bus in um, uh, while they were waiting to go on the gig. So, yeah, that was the end of that. So, I've been a Twisted Sister fan for a long time, and I've always appreciated a lot of their shit, and I always thought that they would have an opportunity to See, said, I've seen D. Snyder several times with Widowmaker as well as Solo, and Widowmaker is pretty, pretty solid. They had two solid fucking albums. The second one, um, Stand By for Pain, was really fucking got good shit, and it was heavy. And so it marked uh, the return of D. Snyder, that's for sure. But, and he did the House of Hair and some other shit on radio, so he really promoted glam metal and hair metal a lot um, when he wasn't actually participating in, in himself and i see him on the kings of chaos tour a few years back um with some other singers and again it was good to see d snyder still performing on stage but i have to say it's a lot of shit that's coming out of his mouth the last few years is really fucking stupid 
This is a guy that went up against Tipper Gore in the PMRC in 1985. If you ever go back and watch the congressional hearing that he did, by the way, Blackie Wallace before the corporate complex. So um, I thought D. Snyder held himself very well. And he actually says, actually, he does look at his uh, kids' music before he, you know, they let him spin it and all that shit. So he does somewhat supervise their music at the time. So you got to give him some credit where credit's due, right? So unfortunately, he's been really starting to run his fucking mouth lately. And I think it's really his Jewish side's really starting to pop out. Which is like I noticed, especially with um, Gene Simmons and Paul Stanley, the last 10 years, the Jewish sides are really starting to pop out, even in their music. When you listen to the Monster album, there's several songs on there that, uh, especially from Gene, that really starting to show his Jewishness and how he kind of feels that he thinks that he is above everybody else. And we're not just talking about the bat demon flying up to the top of the light rafters like they do in concert, okay? But um, it's starting to become more obvious. And he, even uh, recently, Getty Lee from Rush, who's also a Jew, he's starting to talk some shit about Neil Peart. And, you know, after the guy's been dead, he was like, you know, when they did the last tour, the R40 tour, um, he was actually ecstatic that they were finishing up, even though the other two guys wanted to keep going for a little bit longer. He was wanting to get done. I said, they failed to mention that, dude, he was already starting to have some health problems. Um, he was already starting to have some shoulder issues and some other shit. So, I mean, he was wore out. I mean, the guy is a was a god, man. I mean, seriously, arguably considered one of the greatest hard rock metal drummers of all time and uh, really very influential in the rock genre since they're he joined Rush during their second album, um, Fly By Night. So, again, we're starting to see some of these guys really starting to show the Jewishness all of a sudden. That being said, um, this is a pretty good story I saw on Bajin Report today on uh, Hollywood um, in Toto. Um, shock. D. Snyder backpedals on free speech. This is interesting. Key player in the 80s PMRC hearing so they can't defend Alex Jones, Free Speech 101. D. Snyder was part of the unlikeliest culture war trio ever. The Twisted Sister frontman, alongside with Frank Zappa and John Denver, testified before Congress in 1985 against warning labels on records. Social conservatives with the PMRC, which was the Parents Music Resource Council, including Democrats like Tipper Gore, Demanded something to be done about R-rated music lyrics from Prince and other adult-minded musicians. Simple. Don't listen to the records. Uh, Snyder, known for his androgynous face paint and heavy metal growl, proved a credible defender of the arts. Claimed that one of my songs, Under the Blade, had lyrics encouraging sadomasochism, bondage, and rape. Snyder said in point, said in point and turn of his testimony. The lyrics you quoted have absolutely nothing to do with these topics. On the contrary, the words in question are about surgery and the fear that it instills in people. I can say categorically that the only state of masochism, bondage, and rape in this song is in the mind of Miss Gore. And if you listen to the song, yes, it's obviously about someone going under the fucking knife. And it's actually the title of the album is a solid fucking song by itself. So it's pretty good. In 2021, Snyder carried on with his free speech defense, blasting cancel culture and its insidious tendrils. Quote, it's censorship, and censorship has changed quite a bit. 
I mean, when you go to when I was in Washington testifying, by the way, it was a bipartisan effort. It was the Democrats and Republicans who were joined together and putting a leash on rock and roll. But it was definitely a conservative attitude. It was a more conservative attitude, wanting a sense of music. Now, censorship still exists, but it's gone from the right more to the left. We're in this politically correct world where we have to be careful about what we say and who we offend. It's a very odd thing. Which recently, actually, Dee Snyder came out questioning about the, 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 the transgendering of fucking teenage kids. Or even before that, prepubescent adolescents. And, um, of course, they attacked him for it and said, you of all people. You know, it was also uh, talking about drag queens and shit. Well, what is he fucking? He dresses like a drag queen. That's the whole purpose of the character that he does. You know, the the mantra of Twisted Sister was look like women, talk like men, play like motherfuckers. That was the main theme of Twisted Sister. <clears throat> and, of course, the official fan club was known as the Sick Motherfucking Friends of Twisted Sister or the SMFs which is actually where um, the closing track on Stay Hungry is called uh, SMF. So there you go. But now he's running his fucking mouth to start to attack free speech. Then Elon Musk bought Twitter. Now Snyder had a change of heart regarding free speech. In October, he blasted Musk's interpretation of free speech. Quote, there's this idea, and Elon Musk is a champion of it. Speech is anything you want whenever you want. This is... That is not what they meant when they wrote the First Amendment. You can never say something that could endanger someone's well-being, whether it's physical or mental, with your words. You were never allowed to scream fire in a crowded movie theater because there's no fire because people can be hurt. You can't say things to people or post things online that could hurt people psychologically. Emphasis added it on this particular sentence here when you read it. Mentally and physically destroying their lives. That's not free speech. That's being an asshole. Okay, so there's a difference between being an asshole and having free speech. So that's the biggest threat. Quite honestly, it's a misinterpretation of what free speech means. Really? Well, that's funny as fuck. Because if you go listen to a live recording of them in 1982 when they were playing over at the marquee in London, why does that got signed to Secret Records? He's just kind of like, oh, you know, man. It's like, oh, you think you're cool over there just when you're on a main t-shirt think nobody will notice, you know? Well, so what the hell, man? Look, when we do a song, I want you to jump. I want you to jump. I want you to leap into the fucking air. The songs go, why? Why do I want to leap into the air? They're going to laugh at me. Well, someone's laughing at you, you kick them in the fucking face, all right? I mean, this is the typical shit that they always did to get the crowd pumped up. Get the very same thing. It says, man, do whatever the hell you want. Don't let anyone stop you. Do you understand? Well, okay. And that very same live recording, he just contradicted himself. Now, again, this is 40 years ago. But the bottom line is, you know, and in this fucking, in this century, whatever you did 10, 15, 20, 40 years ago holds water now. It's not like it was in the 80s where, oh, you're a flower power child and shit. You do something fucking stupid. Oh, you can go and reinvent yourself or have a little comeback. You know, hey, man, I'm on the other side now. Play for pitcher for that team. Okay, yeah, whatever. Somebody, you know, it's kind of like, well, you know, I was younger. I was inexperienced and uh, just that, you know, okay, sure, whatever. And they can kind of prove yourself. Now, oh, fuck no, dude. So that's why someone like me, when I had someone like King Given and says, you know, I've talked to other white nationalists and alt-right guys and, 
and this, that, and the other, Sonny, and I've seen their opinions change, but you know what? Yours never changes. Why is that? And I was like, well, because I gotta be me. I mean, this is who I am. You don't like it? Fuck off. You don't want to listen to what I gotta say? Don't listen to this broadcast. It's that simple. But don't stop my ability to fucking say it. You know, those people actually maybe find me for just sheer entertainment value. Some people find me as an interesting guy just to listen to. Others find me as an inspiration. Others want me to fucking lead a revolution or some shit. And I'm like, dude, if, if I was going to go down that route, it's not a one-man show, dude. You know, with every revolution, it's one man with a vision. That's all fine and good. But the bottom line is you have to have a team. You have to have a fucking team. And that's one of the things that Daisy's going to talk about in her speech. So we're going to feature that. But again, Dee Snyder is like one of the biggest guys about speech. I mean, using profanity in his fucking live performances back in the day, et cetera, et cetera. It's like, oh, man, you know, you wouldn't hang on your friends, man. You, you, you say things like this. You know, I'm when I'm with the crowd and shit, I'm with my friends. Okay, so freedom of speech, you can say whatever the fuck you want, right? You can go up there and call people shit, fucking bastards, cunts, and everything else in fucking concert. Oh, oh, but you're worried about not offending someone mentally or psychologically. It is what you said, right, D? But anyone who could have been at your Twisted Sister concert or even listen to that recording 40 years later might go up and go, hey, I'm offended by that. We need to have this guy canceled. We need to make sure his label drops his ass when they no longer distribute his fucking shit. That's how they do it. These are classic COINTELPRO tactics. If someone disagrees with you, you got to destroy them. You have to make sure they can't make a living, this, that, and the other. You know? So, again, he's running off the mouth, and he got pissed off because Alex Jones got his fucking shit back, and he attacked it. So he put this fucking tweet out. Steiner blasted a decision to restore Jones on, on Twitter. Where else? His Twitter account. So Elon Musk has let Alex Jones back on the platform and sat in on a forum with AJ and a group of other false prophets? This isn't free speech. These are awful people knowingly spreading falsehoods of malevolent intent. It may be time to leave Twitter and sell my Tesla. Stand by. Well, first of all, what fucking loser drives a Tesla? I actually fucking I sent that to him in fucking Twitter. You know? What loser drives a Tesla? I mean, if you drive a Tesla, you're a fucking loser. I'm sorry, man. You're, you're a virtue signaling motherfucker. And I think it's pretty funny. So I've already got some people liking my comments on his post. So I said, what loser drives a Tesla anyway? Then I, I sent to him, I don't give a damn. The left have groups of people who gather get together all the time, plotting demise of this country. And you can't handle others who have freedom of assembly to talk about topics you're not interested in. How can you slay PMRC in 85 and sound like a shitheel on 23? So, I mean, you know, it'd be interesting to see if he actually reads his fucking comments. It might go, oh, whoa, what the fuck? And it's like, dude, I've been a fan of yours for a long fucking time, dude, but now you're turning into a douchebag. And believe me, I had no problem eliminating Motley Crue out of my fucking playlist after Tommy ran his fucking mouth about Trump supporters and Nikki backed him up. So, you know what? Then I'd have a Vince Mill can't even fucking sing anymore. So, I mean, the point is, and how they treated Mick Mars, bullshit. So, I no longer feature Motley Crue in my playlist. I don't have any of their music on my fucking MP3 players at all. I don't have it in my music, in my YouTube fucking playlist, nothing. I take, I took all Motley Crue off. And then, you know, some of these other fucking guys running their fucking mouth about stupid shit, fine, guess what? I just drop your shit. You know, I stopped listening to Richard Marks. You know, I wonder if he was a Jew, and then I confirmed that he was. 
But then he's up there fucking, oh, come on, white people, is that? And I'm like, all right, fuck this motherfucker, dude. And I have to say, before the pandemic, when they shut down all the fucking public events, Richard Marks was the last concert I went to. I went to Indiana and saw him uh, solo and acoustic, and it was a good show. It was good stuff to hear. Stripped down versions of his hits. It was really cool. But then he ran his fucking mouth on fucking Twitter. Because the first thing, when he was doing interviews with other musicians, I'm sitting there going, he's doing an interview with Paul Stanley of Kiss. Now, those are the two most unlikely motherfuckers you would ever see have a conversation with each other. And I was kind of going, you know, I know his last name is Marks, but that doesn't necessarily mean he might be a Jew. And I looked it up, and sure as shit, he's basically a non-practicing Jew. Well, fuck all that. So basically, uh, the um, what was the name? The noticer. I don't know whatever happened to him, but his telegram got fucking shut off because obviously he's inactive. But he puts together a lot of these Jews claiming they're white, and then they can't help but to brag that they're Jews and run their fucking mouth. So he had one of Richard Marks, and I was like, you know, I was wondering if he was. And then I saw some of the comments he posted. I'm like, well, fuck, that's it, don't that guy, and um. You know, I just, I won't buy his records anymore. I'm sorry, dude. I've been a Richard Marks fan since the first song came out in 1987. <laughs> I think that album's rock solid. But, uh, yeah, when these guys really start showing their ass, that's why I think something's getting ready to happen because all these Jew entertainers all of a sudden really starting to uh, step up and showing who the fuck they are. So, um, it's interesting some of the shit that's happening. But anyways, so... D. Snyder can go fuck himself because I'm telling you, man, it's, it's it's so sad to see your fucking metal heroes really start to show their asses. I mean, somebody's got like fucking Richard Patrick a fucking uh a filter. He's a hardcore left winger, dude. I actually went on their fucking site one day, saw all this anti-Trump fucking t-shirts and shit. I'm like, fuck this motherfucking commie, dude. And I was just like, dude, you know, I haven't bought anything since the 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 amalgam or whatever it was um 2002 that i saw he had several albums since and i haven't bought any of them and i'm like you know i'm not going to go out and try to get them either if i did i just go to the library find them and rip them and say okay f- cool got them fuck you dude so i mean that's how i work on that shit but um but i still enjoy listening to a lot of the first two albums but um you know, again, when these fuckers really start to show their ass, I just take the songs out of my playlist. And that's just simple. I'm not going to waste my time or my auditory fucking sensitivities listening to a fucking band shit when they obviously hate us. So I'm like, you know what? Fuck you. I won't go to your gigs. I won't buy your shit. And I won't listen to your music anymore. Bye-bye. All these bands starting to have a hard time making a living. Guess what? You piss off your fans, dude. They fucking go. <laughs> So that's why a lot of these guys are always appreciative 10, 20, 30 years later, fans still come to the fucking shows because of the fact that they want to hear their shit. So I thought that was pretty interesting um, story to cover. So, yeah, D. Snyder really is showing his ass. But <clears throat> there's another story I wanted to cover here before I hit Daisy's speech. Yeah, I see the thing here. Um... So yeah, Alex Jones getting restored on Twitter was a big deal, and also he had a he got to interview Elon Musk. Uh, there was a lot of who's who on there: Jack Posobiec, um, um, Andrew Tate, Vivek Ramaswamy, 
uh, a lot of people that are well aware of the shit that's going on and know that there's definitely plans afoot to really destroy this shit. And Biden is really trying to fucking saber rattle to cover his ass. And his son fucking basically ignoring a congressional subpoena by running his mouth at a pre-set up speech right to Capitol Hill greenlighted the uh, Biden impeachment inquiry. Now this, again, this whole thing between Israel and Gaza and as well as um, uh, shit has really shown how much the Jews control shit because they're going after anyone who speaks out against Israel or anti-Semitism. I think it's interesting that uh, Ron DeSantis signed a bullshit bill basically he can't criticize Jews or Israel in Florida universities. Uh, and he signed it in Israel. So that itself should ask a major question. Um, a, um, is that bill even valid because he signed it outside the confines of the state, especially doing it in a foreign country could be considered treason. Um, so that's something to seriously look into. I think that's a serious ethics violation. He should at least be fined for that. And I think that that particular thing that he signed should be rescinded. Um, and, and just do the process over because of the fact that it should never have been signed outside the border of Florida. Any governor that's, that – unless it's a regional compact or something like that is one thing. But anything that, that's supposed to be governing within the state should be signed in the state capital, or at least if there's a, a particular reason why this particular law has been put in effect, maybe symbolically, um, maybe something tragic happened there or whatever it gives me. Maybe there's a bill for East Palestine. Um, in Ohio, and uh, maybe maybe they would actually sign it in East Palestine to show the state is totally behind the town, which is not the case because the state has totally shithole the town, and they're going to let all those people die from all the fucking chemicals and shit. You watch and see. So it's it's pretty sick situation. Okay, so um, again, so we're starting to see a lot of the, a lot of bands are. Again, I told you you need to catch a lot of these older bands because they're almost done. Kiss just finished their lat, their finished their end of the road tour on December second and third uh, in New York City where they started. And for as far as touring, supposedly doesn't mean they won't do a show here and there. But uh, Kiss is pretty much done as a touring entity, <clears throat> and so it's kind of surreal because at least one thing to say about Kiss, man, they were entertainers and they put on a fucking show. And not when I'm not I'm just, just talking about Gina Paul. I'm talking about Ace and Peter as well, as well as other members that have come and gone. I mean, obviously, rest in peace, Eric Carr. Rest in peace, Mark St. John. So, um, you know, another member sent, and of course, Minnie Vincent, actually my favorite lineup for Creatures of the Night and Lick It Up. Unfortunately, a great lineup that could have been, should have been, never really was. <laughs> Too much control implemented on the other two guys. So, again... I would encourage people that if you do have pirate shows or you have playlists you like to play of music at your, where you work at or whatever, uh, please consider adding more Peter Chris and Ace Frehley music to your list. For one, they're getting older. Secondly, um, the fact that uh, Ace and Peter aren't Jewish. So gives them an opportunity to have their music heard a little bit more uh, because majority of the Kiss music is Gene and Paul. You know, It should be no different than the Beatles. If I say hey, you need to play more George and Ringo, you should play more George and Ringo. So interesting enough. Okay, so um, 
before we go into Daisy's speech, I just want to encourage everybody to support Resolution Radio. Uh, we are having a little bit of financial difficulty right now because we need to upgrade some of our equipment. Um, we do have other people that are still interested in buying our swag. We're down to the last few in medium, I do believe, maybe a large, I'm not sure, um, of the blood tea. And I like to reorder those. So I'm actually putting money aside to do another small order of those as well. Uh, some other people had already um, uh, paid for some. So to so get those ordered, I'm going to make sure to send them their way. And as well as we're looking at reissuing the Who Died Major St. Thomas tea, as well as a couple of different versions of Resolution Radio that uh, I have come up with. And um, I may do a mixed bag where I just go ahead and get a small sampling of each shirt's and see how well they do before I go ahead and buy a case of them like I did last time. The case actually lasted a while, but I sold through a third of them pretty damn quick after I got them going. So, good stuff there. <laughs> so, anyway, it's good to see um, a lot of these rockers are still putting out stuff. But, you know, the more and more we listen to a lot of the music from the 20th century and a lot of these classic legendary artists, whether it's rock, metal, country, what have you. It could you know, you can have, you know, George Jones, you can have Willie Nelson, you can have uh you know, even some of the other I mean, the Eagles, Fleetwood Mac. I mean, all this stuff's great and some of these albums are timeless. Like I think rumors from Fleetwood Mac is timeless. Unlike the Beatles, everything sounds like it was recorded in the sixties. But Rumors is still a solid record. Um and, and there's other great albums out there that I think really stand the test of time. But a lot of these artists are getting ready to hang it up because they're just tired, they're burned out, they've got their last nest eggs, or they're starting to um, be victims of ageism where no one's paying their music anymore or even the new stuff. So some of them are hanging it up. Uh, I have to say, though, I did listen to Dolly Parton's uh, Rockstar album. It's a double album of uh, rock covers featuring some of the original artists. And it's, some of the stuff is pretty solid. Um, a little disappointed in the in the Let It Be, featuring Paul and Ringo, but um, she does some other good songs that are pretty pretty rock solid. So I have to go. Wow, good shit, good shit. Definitely recommend you check out that record. Okay, so Daisy Barr is one of the head leaders of the Aryan Freedom Network, and she did a, her headline speech at the Aryan Fest 2023 in Texas in October, and um, I think her speech is rock solid and spot on, and so we're getting ready to uh, feature that right now, and then we're going to close with uh, some new stuff from Crystal Viper, The Cult, and I think it's definitely one to uh, listen to the lyrics on that, because <laughs> it's spot on as well, so it's good to see Crystal Viper is back in action, especially with a lot of stuff that occurred during the lockdowns, so that's pretty good. So, here is Daisy Barr's speech from Aaron Fest 2023. And I'm sure you will appreciate a lot of our talking points. Hail. Big one, man. Thank her for Thank you. So today I want to talk about focus and courage. Two important words that I think we need to really look into and think about. 
more and more white people are lacking courage today. Every day that goes by, there's always excuses why they don't want to get involved. And it's the lack of courage that's put us in the situation that we are in today. White people have become slaves in their own country, their own homeland. And it's nobody else's fault. It's our own fault. It's the white race fault. It's our own fault. We've allowed it. It's not black power or Jewish supremacy. It's white weakness. Majority of the whites today do not have the focus or the courage that our ancestor and our leaders before us have. The masculinity of our white males deteriorates day by day by the propaganda that they put on to say it's okay to be a girl, it's okay to paint your nails. That's unacceptable for our people. Our people have grown to have too much compassion. They focus on the consequences of what might happen if they stood up and fought for their race, if they fought for their people, for the interests. Even though they believe it, they concentrate too much on the consequences. Too many what-ifs. People are too afraid of what will happen to them if they speak the truth of everything going on today. Instead, they should be focused on what will happen if they don't. Think of that aspect of it. If more and more people lose courage and focus, then our race will be doomed. And our people will be of non-existence. Is that what we want? So many people focus on what they might be labeled or what people might think of them. Like it's high school. Newsflash, you're a racist, so just embrace it. That is my mentality. Love it. Be about it and live it to the fullest. You're not only going to be labeled a racist because you joined an organization. You're going to be labeled a racist just for being white, just for being a Christian. Even a Republican voter, you're a racist. It doesn't matter. That's the card they use to keep people like us and our people down. Nobody wants to be labeled a racist. Those people will go out of their way to show their white guilt and what they'll do. Again, compassion, which got us where we are today. So just embrace it. Be proud. Another reason I hear is that people fear being docked. That's a big thing. Or they feel infiltration of the feds coming into an organization. I welcome feds. I hope they donate, right? We need beer money, right? <laughs> really. Everyone knows. Treat everybody like a fed. And you can't go wrong. Don't say or do anything stupid, and you have nothing to worry about. We take extra security precautions. Don't run your mouth about what your real name is, where you work, your family, your personal. Don't do it. You'll be okay. That's why we take the security measures that we do in AFN to protect that so everybody can relax and enjoy themselves. So they believe that's the end of them, why they won't join. And it, and it will not be. These are just cowardly excuses, in my opinion. Everyone has an excuse. I'm living proof that any of these things that people fear happens to them. They'll bounce back. Will there be some bumps in the road trying to bounce back? Of course there will be. Nothing's easy. No war is never won, won without any sacrifices or trouble. If it were easy sailing in the war we faced, then we wouldn't be here today meeting about it. Most know my history. For those who don't, I was raised in the movement. 
I've been involved my whole life. My family had an organization. Our family was in the open. We advertised it. Dayton, back, we had a marquee in our front yard. White Pride Worldwide was the hotline phone number. This, and I'm not trying to scare anyone because it will not really infiltrate on you. It's the leaders that will crack this in. Our house was burnt down three different times. Guess what? We rebuilt it. Multiple drive-by shootings. Guess what? I'm still here. Multiple arrests dragging us in for stupid stuff. I'm still here. Doc, in the open. I'm still here. I'm still going. I'm still surviving. I am living proof that all those things that everybody fears is just cowardly excuses. Get over it. You will survive. I'm standing here still fighting for what we all know is right. The biggest regret that you will have isn't what you did during a lifetime or what you did for your people. It's what you didn't do. You cannot allow fear to overcome you. There's no place for fear in this war that we're in. If there ever has been a need for white supremacy, yes, I am a white supremacist. You have people that say white separatists, there's blacks, all of non-whites. No, I'm a full-blown white supremacist. I believe white is just a free race. That's what a white supremacist is. So all those pro-white people that put their heads down just to try to gain more members, they're fake. They're compromising their morals and values, and, and they're in the movement for the wrong reason because they're just about getting numbers and membership. You will not find that with ASN. We will not sugarcoat our members. This is who we are, this is what we'll be, and this is what we'll die for. Like I said, there hasn't been a need for white supremacy. It hasn't been. It's now. It's today. It has to be. It has to be for the survival of our race, for your children, for the future of the children. I hear 14 words all the time. Only way that's going to happen is if you live it every day, not as a weekend hobbyist. For a better future for our children, your children's children, is that not worth making any sacrifices for? I'm not sure what else would be. We have had many great leaders before us that face challenges every single day, but they did not let fear win. They pushed through it all. They did not cower down. They did not lay down and become slaves. They did not care what people labeled them. They did not care what people thought or said when they called a nigger a nigger or a Jew a kike or when they called out any other enemy for that matter. And neither should we. Our leaders before us fought so that me, you, and your families could have a better future. And now it's our turn to take the torch. It's our turn to continue the fight so your children and your children's children can have a better future. things we need from everyone to get to our mission. Contrary to popular opinion, being on social media, posting memes, does not classify as being courageous. Do you know what things are courageous? 
getting off the couch and doing activism in real life. Meeting like-minded people to network with, helping each other, making sacrifices. That's courage. Everyone had courage coming here today. I'm just saying that's all they do. And only talking about the problems that we face in our race space today. Our enemies are winning every day. It's time wasting. TikTok, time is of the essence. They, while they're doing that, our enemies are gloating and laughing. And they'll keep on laughing as they continue to destroy this country and our race. And if white people don't stop playing on social media and don't stop confusing a virtual world with the day-to-day reality world and actually start doing something, then our enemies will win. They're winning every day. So many whites have taken on the role of fence city. Oh, we have way too many fence sitters. Am I right? Yeah. You agree? They like to watch what's happening all around us, but they don't like to get involved. And yet they are the first people to critique what we do. They have all the advice in the world, and they know everything from that fence, right? Right. They're the judges. Those types of people's racial loyalty will only go as far as their internet activity does. Being an armchair Nazi isn't helping. That's not helping our race, our people, their children, nothing. They'll sit on their 14 words. Posting a meme is not going to do anything for their children. We are in this situation today because of too many people staying on the fence. Too many cowards. And if they continue to stay on the fence and don't make any sacrifices or contribute to helping our race, then they're betraying our people. They are traitors in my eyes, and that makes them no better than a nigger or a kite to me. to the white race, and they should be shunned. We should not even be associating with them. Those are the worst. When the time comes, they will be the first to be strung up. We cannot waste our time on these traitors, because if we do, then we lose what? Focus. And we must focus on our mission, our plan, our mission of AFN. The only way we can achieve victory is through courage and focusing on our own brothers and sisters. Don't waste your time fighting dragons that don't block your path. Don't focus on the wrong things. I see too many people focusing on other people's business. Focus on your own. Some people like to start or get involved with unnecessary drama. This is killing us, people. This is killing our race. This is killing our mission. They'll spend more time fighting, critiquing, and putting down other like-minded people and organizations instead of focusing on the cause or the organization they belong to. This isn't a high school club or hobby. This is a war that we're in. This is for the survival of your life, your children's life. The enemy wants you dead. Do you not realize that? This isn't like back and forth name calls. They want you dead. They want your children dead, your family dead, your race dead. This is serious, and people need to focus on taking it more seriously. This is not a joking matter or a social club. I want everyone to take a look around. Look who's beside you. Look who's in front of you, behind you. 
We are the ones that matter. We are the ones we need to focus on. We do not need to focus on other people's business. We do not need to focus on other groups. We do not need to focus on fence setters. We need to focus on us. Because in this world, it's just us. There is nobody coming to save you. It's just us. We are all that we have. We must work together. We must take care of each other. We must help each other. And most of all, we must respect each other. We are brothers and sisters here. No more fighting. If you've got a problem, you go over, box it, take care of it, shake hands like men and women and Aryans should, and get on the business. We've got bigger problems to worry about than somebody's feelings getting hurt on Telegram or any other social media. like teamwork helping each other out. A school teacher, she gave balloons to each student and had them blow them up, write their name on them. The teacher then collected them all and put them in the hallway. She told the students they had five minutes to find the balloon that they had their name on, that they written on, and then to return to their seat. The children went out there, the time started, they were being selfish only focusing on their own balloon themselves. They were pushing, shoving each other, and were becoming very frustrated and angry towards each other. The five minutes were up, and only four children found their balloon with their name on it. The teacher then explained what teamwork is. And instead of being selfish, the children started helping each other. They picked up a balloon, looked to see whose name was on it, and handed it to that person it belonged to. With that teamwork and strategy, they were all back in their seats in two minutes with their balloons. The point is that when you only focus on yourself, then nobody wins. We can't be in this for selfish. You cannot be selfish or have an ego to be in this movement. That will only destroy us. Let's do what it takes to defeat our enemies. Because it's us, everybody. We are who we need to work with. We are who we need to care about. We are the ones that matter. Nobody else matters. If they're not here with us today or with AFN, they don't matter. Don't waste your time on them. Take all that time, energy, and effort Put it in the AFN. Do something about it. And just remember, always stand tall and proud and never lose focus and courage. Hell victory. Yes, hell victory. So I thought a lot of her points were very poignant. Um, there's no better time than now because um, tomorrow is too late. There are things in motion right now that are really starting to get ready to really hit the fan. Zelensky knows he's lost, and nobody's really giving him any extra money. Biden just fucking gave him more fucking like two hundred million or some shit like that. I'm like, this is completely unacceptable. He's just giving money away like it's nothing. Yet they claim Trump didn't have the money to fucking build the wall. <laughs> you know, well, yeah, but I guarantee if he was a warmonger, he would have found plenty of money to go fucking invade another goddamn country. Or, in this case, do a proxy war with some other motherfucker. So, I mean, it's bullshit. Absolute BS. So, that says a lot. But, again, when I say me scorch the cult is we need to uh, start calling these globalists out. 
it's time to start showing them for the little punk-ass little bitches that they are. These Klaus Schwab's, Bill Gates, and all these other little, little fucking little bastards and whores. We need to fucking go and give them a little piece of fucking reality check. And all of us that grew up in the hood know what the fuck I'm talking about. You can tell someone like Klaus Schwab and Bill Gates have probably never been in a fight. Or they got bullied once and they decide they're going to fucking exact the revenge on all humanity. I mean, it's just seriousness. Some crazy shit. I don't understand why there isn't international warrants of arrest or even outright fucking bounties on these motherfuckers. And I, I think really some of these groups should outright put bounties on these motherfuckers' heads and really get them a taste of what it's like. I mean, when they try to use 1984 as an instruction manual instead of a warning, I think that should tell you something right then and there. But yeah, these little, little cult members need their fucking asses beat. I mean, seriously, you know, Bill Gates got a pie in the face, I think, in New York or some shit behind some pillar. And, uh, you know, it should have been a fucking 38 instead, instead of a fucking 30-ouncer. <laughs> so, I mean, it should have uh, definitely should have taken his ass out then, and we would have been a lot better off now, that's for sure. And this Klaus Schwab motherfucker, some crazy stuff. So, actually, I saw a meme or some shit that said basically Putin was basically issuing a warrant for out for fucking Klaus Schwab um, and to have him hunted down. So, it would be interesting to see uh, what's all going on there. So, some crazy shit. But, uh, yeah, again, a lot of these fuckers have probably never been in a fight um, or it's way past due for one. Uh, these fuckers need what we always call a little reality check. Always makes a big deal. All right, we are closing um, tonight with one of my favorite bands from Poland, Crystal Viper. And uh, it took a little bit of time off. Like what it was, not just the COVID bullshit, but um, uh, obviously lead singer Marta Gabrielle obviously must have went and had a kid because with her husband because uh, that's the only reason why you take off two years. Say so we have some health issues. Yeah, she got pregnant. So, I mean, <laughs> got to have time to get your chitlin' out before you go out there and fucking be a metal goddess. So I, I kind of get that. So um, so I took the time and, and uh, wrote some stuff. So some of the stuff I've heard, uh, The Cult and Still Alive sound pretty solid. Um, a lot better than some of their other records recently. But um, my favorite is Still Legend. I think that's a great fucking album, man. It's just some really good stuff on there. Of course, the first album was pretty solid, but you could tell they were still in the beginning phases. And Marta was just a singer. She wasn't playing guitar as well. So good stuff. So, um, anticipation of Crystal Viper getting back into the fold a little bit. Of course, this album is a couple years old now, but it's rock solid, though, uh, from the tracks I've heard off of it so far. <clears throat> so, some of the bands I haven't been following as closely as I used to, um, I need to go through all my music stuff because I've been trying to consolidate some shit put into my media players and stuff. So, that way I have full access to my extensive library. And I've got all sorts of stuff, and I just – some songs I just can't stand off of the records, and other songs it's like they grew over me – they grew over time. And so I'm just kind of like, well, you know, I don't think I'll keep this track on. So a lot of good stuff there. But here is the title cut from their newest album, The Cult. And uh, listen to the lyrics because this is rock solid. Um, next week is Yule and Winter Solstice. And um, – I usually have an annual event where I have a, a, a guest on, usually Shauna Fenner, so we can talk about Yule and the Winter Solstice and why it's important. Um, you can go to odinia.org and see some of her writings on the very topic. 
some good stuff there. And I'm actually going to be reaching out to some um, other um, of our pagan brothers and sisters and see they might be interested in coming on and see what Yule means to them. So that would be um, good to see. But um, yes, next Thursday is Yule and Winter Solstice. So it's the shortest day and the longest night. A lot of us praise that because now it's the days are going to start getting longer. And uh, But, of course, we know after that happens, it starts getting colder. <laughs> so it's always some funny shit. So, um, yeah. So sorry I've had some time off since the last show with uh, Michael Gaddy. If you get a chance to go back and listen to that show, he's always got some very good information to um, talk about. And I've been trying to get some other programs back, uh, back on. On a regular basis, like uh, Firearm Trainers Podcast has got some really good stuff, <clears throat> as well as uh, American Distant Voices, and um, I guess some other programs that I've added I've not been able to keep up on. Like I said, my computer is just being a bitch, and last thing I want to do is even crack this thing open and wait and wait and go slow and have things not flash on and off. It's like, man, this it's obvious this computer needs is, is done. I reformatted it, and it's actually, I think, in some ways, gotten worse. So, yeah, it's time for a new one. So, about the first year, I will be getting a new laptop. Once I do that, I guarantee it will um, be having more shows on a regular basis, that's for sure. But I've already got two shows in the can. <clears throat> I've already had some good interviews with uh, Daisy Barr, as well as Jan Lamprick, that I hope to have out here before the end of the year. And, um, um, got some good talking points that I wanted to make sure from both those uh, guests get a chance to hear. And I have some other good roundtable discussions coming up here in the next few weeks after the silly season's over with <clears throat> on, a, on a myriad of topics. So we're going to start really hitting this thing full force. And do a little bit of reformatting, too. So I'm looking forward to that. All right, we're closing the night with Krista Viper, the cult from the newest album, The Cult.
You're listening to Resolution Radio, 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 ResolutionRDO.com. 